Welcome to a new episode of Subject to Medical. My name's Chester, and I'll be your host for this journey into the great beyond. Joining me, as always, are my boon companions, Aaron and Reno. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. Pretty good. I'm so glad the spurs are back and the season started up again, and rumor mill is flying, but not really for us, and it's a good time to be alive, buddy. Wow, you are unnervingly optimistic. Reno, how are you doing today? I'm super stoked to talk about Stranger Things in the Olympics with you guys. Oh, great. So getting into this 200 meters, uh, we had Usain, but no, just kidding. Uh, last week was our first game of the new season against uh, Chippy Everton side. Uh, we went down in the first half off some poor play, uh, and then kind of worked ourselves into the game in the second half. Aaron, uh, what do you think of our performance on the weekend? You know, a lot's being made of it, and some really negative kind of takes on that first half. Everton, you know, uh, Ronald uh, Cumin, the taco seasoning, is a really tactically astute manager, and he set his team up to cause us problems and, and he succeeded in that. Um, I thought the three at the back system worked really well. It was a lot of times kind of like a five at the back. And so, I mean, Kane, Erickson, Ali and Lamella just, I mean, they just couldn't do anything. They were crowded out of every play of that first half, but you know, after that first half, that was a silly goal to give up, but you know, how do you plan for that? Um, so once we came back out in the second half, I thought Pochettino made some really smart changes uh, with the Jansen coming on. And, you know, we turned the game around. I thought, really, we were unlucky to win in the end. So I really enjoyed it. I had a, I had really enjoyed it. I was glad to, I was glad to have Spurs back. Uh, did you see the same thing, Reno? Giving up a stupid goal definitely uh, illustrates that we have our Spurs back. Uh, no, I think there are a couple of things going on. Um, because of weird preseason and guys having breaks from the Euros and a couple of players were clearly rusty and it took a while to get into the game. I think Tottenham were surprised by Komen's setup with the three at the back and, and they didn't really adjust to it tactically very well. Um, and I don't know. It's just, they didn't, they didn't start out great, but uh, Komen's comment in the week that Everton were only at about 70% fitness proved to be pretty accurate by the, the I'd say the hour mark. Um, and from then until the end of the game, Tottenham just really ran them off the field. Um, and we're pretty unlucky not to get the, not, not to get the game winner. Um, I agree with Aaron that the, the substitutions were, were good and the adjustments that Pochettino made um, really seemed to make a difference. Uh, I was really impressed by, by Janssen. Yeah, that I was th- going to be my next uh, question. How how impressed were you with Janssen? He looked like amazingly fresh and just ready for the Premier League. Yeah, for every... All the ways that Kane sort of looked a little bit tired and sloppy, Janssen was really sharp. His movement was really good. Uh, when he got the ball 
under pressure, he held on to it and and brought other players in and he great vision too. I mean like great vision to see who's around him and who's coming up and who to lay the ball off to and how long to hold under the ball. I that's what I mean I was just really impressed with him. Yeah, and that play where he almost scored and and Stecklenburg made a great save. The like the quickness with which he switched it from foot to foot to yeah. get a shot off was I mean he knew that he had no time to trap the ball, get it onto his left foot and get a shot off and he I mean that was really well executed. It was Definitely. Yeah, the announcers gave him some stick about not putting anything behind it, but he had no time. For, exactly, and to um, and to like sort his feet out as quickly as he did. Uh, I mean, Harry Kane. I love <clears throat> Harry Kane, but he would have literally fallen over trying trying yeah. to do that. So I thought. I mean, I I thought he was really sharp, um, and playing the two strikers together worked really well so it it bodes well for the future in terms of Pochettino having really uh interesting options in games um not really to beat up on Kane because I mean the kids played a lot of football for the past you know two and some change seasons but um he I mean he definitely he had a rough rough day of it on Saturday and I think that having a, a player like Jansen who is looking so good is going to be really good for Kane because it's going to take that burden off of his shoulders um, and allow him to maybe rest a little bit, allow him to maybe not feel like he's, you know, got to be the the player dragging Tottenham to the title. Um, I just I think it's going to be really good for Kane in the long run. I think he might have some problems dealing with it right at first, like not feeling like he's being replaced or something like that. Episode one, but Aaron calling for Janssen to replace Kane as the starting striker. Just for the mark, just for the next couple mark of weeks. That down. Recorded. Uh, the thing is, Harry Kane really hasn't gotten going till November. Yeah, I'm saying just play Janssen until November. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I'm not really I'm not really serious about that. But what I am saying is that if Kane is having trouble finding his form or is feeling overly tired or whatever from all of the football he's been playing, I think having a player like Hansen there is gonna be really good for him. Providing and competition. Allow, allow him to let to, to just let himself to, to go easy on himself, basically, because I think he's probably a player who's kind of hard on himself and always trying to improve and always trying to be the best. And I think allowing himself to rest and saying, you know, I need to, you know, I might need to miss it, miss the game this weekend because I want to train or I, you know, might need, you know, time off. I mean, he's played like Pochettino said in his press conference today. I mean, he's played nonstop. I mean, let's let's be yeah. honest. Kane is taking the Tom Brady suspension really hard. Yeah. yeah. I don't know anything about football, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really affecting him and his dog Brady. So did, uh, it may, it may did, take him a while. Uh, is that the guy, is that the guy he overinflated his moon jump? Is that, am I right? Am I close? Yeah. Close enough. Nailed it. Okay. Yeah, totally. It uh, was a bouncy castle, but we'll yeah. let that start. Right, whatever. <laughs> 
You're in and around the right answer. Uh, what'd you guys think of the lack of a Musa Dembele? Reno. All right. So let's get this out of the way. Um, the Wanyama Dyer partnership didn't work very well. Reno, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt you. In the future, I'm gonna need you to refer to it as the Diorama Partnership. That oh god, that will absolutely never happen. Um, so it was not successful, and it resulted in in Dyer being substituted. Um, and a lot of people are, after one game, uh, sort of well, what are we gonna do about this? Who are we gonna play instead until Dembele comes back? So. First of all, it's three more games, and then Dembele does come back, totally fresh and ready to go. And I also think that Wanyama and Dyer could probably figure it out better than Wanyama Mason or Dyer Mason or I know, I know, Harry Winks. Is, I won't hear a bad word against Harry Winks. Not a is word. a wonderful, beautiful little sprite, but um, I think I, I'm playing Wanyama and Dyer for the next three games. And like I, Everton had a really good game plan and played really well, and Idrissa Gay had an amazing game, and it made that the two of them look pretty disjointed and like they uh, couldn't really figure out who was supposed to be doing what. The the next I was talking about this on on the internet earlier. The next three games, it's like uh, Crystal Palace, Liverpool, Stoke, and then and then Sunderland. Uh, so I think they can figure it out between now and then until Dembele gets back. I'm not really worried about it at all. Okay, so Reno, I'm gonna I'm just gonna say to begin. I don't disagree with you. I Everton set up in a in a it, interesting system that kind of limited the effect that they would have had anyway. Also, scoring a fifth minute goal kind of defeats the purpose of having two defensive midfielders. I don't think having two defensive midfielders against Crystal Palace makes any sense at all. Because I mean, who are we? What's the point here? Let's get. If we're going to play Winks, if we're going to give him a chance, let's give him a chance against Crystal Palace. I mean, I don't see the point in over, like, they're not going to hurt us through the midfield anyway. They're going to hurt us on the wings. So I don't see the point in having Dyer and Wanyama there. I think we put Wanyama, Winks, and bring Dyer on if we need to. But I think that if there's a game to test Winks's medal, in the Premier League, it's against Crystal Palace because they don't have a strong midfield. They're going to hurt us on the wings more than anything. I just don't see the point in in stocking up on midfield talent and, you know, like two destroyer midfielders against Crystal Palace. I just don't see it. Well, here's the thing. If you're breaking up the Dyer-Wanyama partnership, it's not going, it's not going to be Harry Winks. You know who it's going to be. Reno? You know who it's Harry going Winks to be. Be nice. A saint. Be nice. No, He's I'm saying saint. there's a difference between what you think yeah, should I mean, happen and what's going to happen. I I, I would I rather agree. see Harry Winks get a chance than, yeah. you know, you know. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, I, I hear you. I but see if you. you and if I hear your two you. choices are, but go with what they they you did against say, Everton. You can say Mason. And you're allowed to say Mason on this podcast. A rose by any other name wouldn't sound so sweet. Um, yeah, I'd rather stick with Tyre and Wanyama than the Ryan Mason. Because yeah, I mean, look, my Crystal, concern, Crystal Palace are going to play on the counter against Tottenham at White Hart Lane. Drastic, yes. And I Ryan, mean, that's, Ma- that's Ryan Mason's weakness, home. among several, is in terms of being where he's supposed to be on defensive transitions, especially yes. after he loses the ball. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. So if you're going to give Crystal Palace a chance against you, it's going to be because you lose the ball stupidly and then are out of position on the counterattack. So there's a really easy way to mitigate that. I mean, like, all I'm saying is if I was Potch, which, God willing, that would be amazing. Um, If I was Pochettino, now would be the time to try Winks. Now would be the time to drop Ali in favor of Anima and just let it party. Let it roll. Uh, well, we totally got away from the Dembele. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm saying. Ali looked rusty. <laughs> Dyer, rusty. Kane, rusty. Aaron, let Aaron's our, a let, bit rusty. Let I mean, our three lions, <laughs> let our three lions rest. Let, let the lions sleep tonight. And let's play Anima, Ali, and Wings. The fact that we're doing all of these, I mean, these no calisthenics Ali, and gymnastics with, with this <laughs> is, I mean, is an indication of how much they miss Dembele. The, prob- oh, the problem is that Dembele is irreplaceable because there is no other player like Dembele. There's, there's not. No one he's, else, he's a, no, certainly no one else on the player. team, and really... Nobody else that they're going to find can do the combination of things that he does exceptionally well, the way that Pochettino has sort of figured out how to deploy him. So yeah. it's a question of, like, did Ali have a really crappy game against Everton because Moussa Dembele Just, wasn't there? No, he no. had a crappy game against Everton because there was no space. Did, I, did Erickson look incredibly rusty because Dembele wasn't there? I mean... No, he just is. He just looked crappy. Didn't really he have. A, had a he didn't day. really have a preseason. Did Lamella yeah. look awesome yet again? He did. Hell Definitely. yeah, he did. I love the Coco. I'm in love with the Coco. Uh, yeah, he had some great touches on the ball, scored, and he looked like a maniac goal. when he scored. Oh yeah, the eyes popping out thing. House. The, the screaming, amazing. Uh, he's really turned it around. Uh, the first year and a half, he looks like a hundred times the player he was when he first got here. And it's, it's amazing. It moved a little. Uh, yeah. What can you say about Eric Lamella that hasn't been said in the past six months? Just amazing this game. Uh, I look forward to yeah. see what he's up to in the next four or five games. Uh, build off this. Really excited. Yeah, build off this first game where I think he just gets it now and he knows his limits. He can be a bit of a dick uh, with his tackles and challenges. Uh, but 
He knows... Poaches taught him to just, like, rein it in that little bit. Don't go overboard. Use your skill, but also be a bit cheeky from time. Yeah, you know, one of the, the things that I really... Um, uh, I just feel like he can finally express himself like he's comfortable enough with his with himself and his game now <laughs> that he's moved beyond this is a docker his... podcast right <laughs> but like <clears throat> he was always so nervous about messing up and i blame that on a lot of external factors uh avb tim sherwood the fans transfer value those eras transfer value um, and he's finally like, I feel like he's confident enough in himself that he can say like, no, nah, I'm just going to go ahead and make this happen. Yeah. And that's basically what he did against Everton. And I'm really excited to see what he does this season. Uh, other news. We lost Hugo after 25 minutes. RIP. RIP. And brought in John McCain. Uh, nope, nope. I won't hear a word against. I won't hear a word against Michelle Vorm, Tottenham legend Michelle Vorm. He performed rather admirably. He made a save in the second half that basically saved us a point. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought he did really well when he came on. I thought he had a pretty solid preseason, except for uh, a couple of you know errors. But shit, that's gonna happen. Um, you know, he really endeared himself to me as he tried to punch all the Chelsea players last year. So, I, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Is missing Hugo a big hit? Yeah, I feel I'm kind of, you know, bummed out about it. But I trust our back line enough now. And I think he did okay in preseason. I thought he did okay against Everton. I think we're going to be okay. I mean, it's not going to be great. Is he going to make clutch saves like Hugo does? Probably not. But his distribution is actually probably a little bit better than Hugo's. And we might be all right. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say based on, you know, whatever 60 minutes against Everton. But on that 60 minutes and against Juventus and against Atletico Madrid, he did well. And that's all we can go on right now. And he used to be a pretty good goalkeeper for Swansea. So if anybody can can handle it, I feel like it's him. You know, I'm a big uh, homer for McGee, but he's never played any top flight minutes. I don't really, I'm not comfortable throwing a kid out there. So, we're, so uh, we should just sign Joe Hart, you know. I've seen that on several Totally, just, I mean, just, just do it. Just do it. Whatever, just do it. Uh, Reno, a proven Premier League champion, captain. He's an England international. How how much how much do you think he earns? He's probably on like one seventy five. He's think. I mean he's on the Christian Eriksen contract demand at least. Yeah, at least. Yeah. No, that that's silly. Vorm's fine. But maybe we could get it's City fine. To pay his wages. We're, we're fine. Everything's fine. We're fine. This is fine. Also, if he doesn't, if if Pep doesn't like him, I don't think this Poch is either. fine. Um, Vorm of, you know, so the criticism of Vorm, aside from having T-Rex arms, is that he's always, hey, he's hey, always hey. good for one, like, terrible mistake. And... You know who was also good for one terrible mistake? Aurelio Gomez. 
you got it. Hey, no, he, no, he was good for more than one. Yeah, uh, well, at least one and a half. But I, I really shot stopper though. Look, when you're a backup goalie or keeper, as Life's some hard. folks say, um, you never play. So yeah, when you do play. I can't imagine that it's really easy to just get into the rhythm of a game and be flawless if you've been sitting on the bench for months at a time. Which is, not, which is not to say that he's Manuel Neuer, but being a backup keeper is probably pretty hard. Um, and I go back again to the schedule, where Liverpool is a worry. I'd be worried about Liverpool. But other than that, I think they can probably skate by with Michelle Vorm, who can actually pass the ball to his teammates, unlike Hugo. Oh. I think that um, against Liverpool with the diorama midfield, oh my God. I think we might be okay. Well, can we uh, jettison that? Sut, I am sun? making. It's I, I not am a dedicated thing. to that. This is fetch. This is fetch, and it. it is not a thing. <laughs> it is uh, not a thing. Sadio Mane is injured, so Great. we don't know how long he's out, but he's injured. You know, uh, he's a Liverpool <laughs> player, so probably for the next five years. Likes. Uh, <laughs> look, well. All right, we'll we'll end the show with Aaron talking about Liverpool. We we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right um, all right, let's party let's party uh you know who's not gonna be partying paul mitchell <laughs> or he might be paul mitchell is changed in the basement of white Hart lane for the next six months or so um we heard a little bit about this reno um uh, he submitted a resignation but some clause in his contract i guess uh prohibits him from either moving to another club or uh kind of forces him to work for the club uh what do you think about the whole situation around paul mitchell leaving it was what, pretty what abrupt. are my feelings on indentured servitude i'm not yes. in favor of it no no i don't No. any particular but. reason well, indentured servitude is bad, but as far as okay, Paul Mitchell enough. goes, uh, forcing the guy to finish the transfer window seems reasonable. I don't know, just especially because there's a, you know one particular deal that's been going on for a month that uh, they might want to get over the line. Uh, look, my thoughts on this Paul Mitchell situation is are that we have no information about what's actually going on. And no indication of exactly what Paul Mitchell has been doing or was expected to be doing or what in particular he was so upset about that he felt the need to resign. But the fact of the matter is that Pochettino, who I would I would say most Spurs fans pretty much are in love with, uh, is in charge. So if he has most of the responsibility... If he has final say on transfers and the result is that a guy like Paul Mitchell doesn't feel that he's in a place where he has enough authority, I feel like most of us are going to be willing to live with that. Yeah, Aaron, what do you think? Do you think it was kind of like a Franco Baldini 
situation? No, I mean, just based on the rumor mill and everything, it looks like he is trying to get a direct, like a director of football job or something like that. And <clears throat> I think that more than anything, his role at Spurs was always going to be kind of like a third wheel behind, you know, Levy and Pochettino, uh, especially with Pochettino moving up to manager or whatever that really means now. Um, so, I mean, I really, I don't think there's any animosity there. You know, that was the, the narrative that the media was trying to generate that Lyle Thomas was trying to generate. Like, I don't think there's any, I really don't see that there's any animosity. I don't see that it's falling apart. So I think more than anything, you know, he's a young guy that wants the best for his career. And it didn't really probably make much career sense for him to stay at Spurs in a limited role. And, and that's fine. What, you know, before I'm willing to get upset about it, before I'm willing to freak out about it, I need to see where the club goes from here. Like I need to, I need to see what we're going to do to respond to, you know, uh, Paul Mitchell leaving. And then, you know, most importantly, or, or as importantly was, uh, our scout who I can't recall his name right now, our like lead scout that, you know, scouted out Vimmer and some of the new guys, he left as well. So McKenzie. yeah, there were like three people. McKenzie, yeah, Rob McKenzie. Um, that one like under three the radar. That one was really under the radar. Um, but I need to see what the club does to to remedy the situation and to to see where we go because I really do like the approach that we were going with the uh, kind of a combination of proper football man and air conditioned stat guy. And I really want to see where we, where we build from this. And, you know, one of the things, you know, maybe Paul Mitchell prides himself on being able to rebuild a team. Well, you have to do that at Southampton when they sell 25 players every transfer window. But at Spurs, we have a near title winning team that doesn't need reconfiguring drastically. So maybe that's just not in his wheelhouse. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good point. But... I mean, you know, he's a young guy. He probably has what he's comfortable doing, what he likes doing, and maybe that just wasn't at Spurs, and that that's okay. That's fair. Proper football, air-conditioned stat guys. New term. Proper football man first. He's the guy. Feet on the ground, jacket on in the snow, watching that 16-year-old kid put fucking ball after ball out of the touchline just so he can see that glimmer of hope, that glimmer of world-classness, and then that nerdy, which says the guy in glasses that runs an Excel spreadsheet every day, um, (laughs) the guy in the air-conditioned room running Tableau and seeing his Opta stats come up. It's the combination of those two things that I enjoy. Yeah, I think you lean more (laughs) towards the Excel jockey, in my opinion. I am definitely in that (laughs) category, for sure. (laughs) Um, <laughs> Reno mentioned this earlier, and I want to get his thoughts on this. Uh, the Nkudu transfer sounds like he's one stamp away from filling out his Nando's card, because uh, he's been hanging out in London this whole time, from what I hear. Do you think this transfer is ever going to get wrapped up, Reno? Yes. I don't know. Uh, th- this is a really bizarre bit of little bit of business here because 
in Kudu, I guess is a good prospect, but the sort of the transfer saga going around this guy doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because I'm not sure he's really a huge impact player for Tottenham. And if this somehow falls apart, would they really be that much worse off? I, I, I think the I, I don't uh, know. Maybe. I think the kind of ITK, correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, uh, is they want to take uh, Clinton on some sort of loan with you to permanent deal. Is well, that right? But supposedly there are two separate deals. Yeah, supposedly. I You know, the, uh, the big issue, and this is, I mean, this is paper stuff from France and everywhere else, is, you know, uh, Marseille... They had like a board upheaval and yeah. they, the new board came in, weren't happy with something. So they tried to um, kind of redo the deal or something, which as usual, that somehow gets blamed on Daniel Levy uh, as being a um, quote penny pincher. Um, well, the Dan- you know, well, because, the Daniel Levy story he's a successful Jewish man is that, is so that Levy to tried to renegotiate him. the terms of the deal. Because yeah, he so got some inside information that Marseille may have been jacking up the price. Yeah, so this is, guys, this is all like me just kind of figuring out from the narrative. This is what I understand to have taken place. The deal was agreed. He flies to London for a medical, passes his medical. Uh, at some point in this process, uh, Marseille has a board upheaval new board members come in all of this time and kudu is in a hotel room basically in london waiting for his transfer so he's not been training for two weeks so daniel levy tries to renegotiate the deal because now we have this unfit player well the real question is not gonna has he had so any. much nandos that he would now fail his medical yeah <laughs> it's very possible <laughs> um so I don't know. It's really annoying to me that somehow this is getting blamed on, blamed on Daniel Levy because like I don't after last season and like the project we've built and the stadium stuff like I just don't understand how you can I really don't know how you can just lay everything at Daniel Levy's feet. Like all the bad stuff gets laid there but none of the good stuff and somehow the Paul Mitchell thing is his fault because he doesn't want to spend money. The Nkudu thing is his fault because he doesn't want to spend money. I wouldn't want to. I mean, I don't even know this guy. None of us have ever seen a minute of this kid play. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous that people are like annoyed by this or freaking out about it. He's a minimal addition to our squad. Like, 11 million, 13 million. That's like, that's what like. It's less than half of Balassi. Yeah, I mean, it's like nothing. It's above a youth player transfer now. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's nothing in the grand scheme of transfers. He is not going to start for us until after the holidays, if at all. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... It's not a... It's it, And honestly, if it falls through, I don't even care. Like, at this point, I'm just tired of reading about it. I'm tired of waking up in the morning and being like, did we announce this? No? Okay, that's fine. I don't care. I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> Apparently he's okay. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure we wouldn't be buying him if he wasn't. But uh, you know, whatever. I whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like to qu- 
quote the Arsenal, but um, Arsene Wenger had said something the other day. I read it on one of the publications that um, the influx of English money and the English transfers could create like a serious gap in stuff. And we're I think we're seeing that with um, Mane and uh, Balassi like just outrageous prices they were outrageous before i mean like 35 million for andy carroll or whatnot but a lot of these guys who are approaching the end of 20 are just demanding these ridiculous fees for not it's absurd and i think i don't know it may end up hurting the english game in the end uh because it's not just the transfer fees it's these wages uh, the Ericsson news, we didn't get to it last time around, but um, apparently there was talk, uh, I think it was just potstering about Ericsson demanding like 150000 a week or whatnot. Uh, which yeah, Doug, and it, basically he came out and said that's not true. Well, yeah, his, his agent came out and fewer said words. it, and he implied it. But I think like uh, when you look at the grand scheme of things, um, we haven't really broken our wage structure. We're not in the like Liverpool, United, City area of just feeding guys hundreds of thousands of dollars a week. Uh, and I think that's what's going to end up biting English teams uh, going for that Champions League. Like Palace just spent $32 million today on Benteke. <laughs> I think I saw 27 rising With to 32 or something like that. 5 million incentives or whatnot. But I think that's kind of really skewing uh, that, uh, I guess, mainland Europe to Premier League transfer uh, yeah. idea is that you've signed a TV deal, you've got a lot of money, we demand better terms for this player coming over. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible that we got... I mean, when you look at what the business other people have done this season, okay? So we're talking uh, Balassi for $30 million, Benteke for 32 We got the leading Eredivisie goal scorer for under 20. I think it was 16, 16 if I'm I think, yeah. We got a Premier League proven d- defensive midfielder for 11. Yeah, steal. We brought in the PFA young player of the year for what? 6 million last year. Like the work we're doing is incredible and should be applauded in the face of team spending stupid money for bad players. Yeah. Well, to to play devil's advocate for a second, the money is there. Whether you choose to spend that money on a good player or a bad player is sort of a different question. Like, That's part of it. Tottenham could buy a player for thirty million pounds and be fine. Look, buddy, if, but I would love for us to buy Draxler. Like, if we want to go ahead and buy Draxler, that would. But they're not. But Tottenham so aren't dope. going to, and we, we don't really we know to. the reasons why. But the money is there, so it's not it's not the outlay itself that is shocking. It's who teams are spending this money on. That is pretty insane. For sure. And just like poorly scouted players. And like, I mean, 
um, at, we talked about them earlier, but you know, uh, Ronald Cuban, the taco seasoning is, you know, a really tactically good manager. I don't well, think he knows how to well, buy players. Well. I think wow. that his lack of uh, player knowledge has been leveled at him from his. Well, didn't they like, just hire Lester's Lester's transfer guru? So why is why well, is Ronald Koeman get in time for, making decisions about who they're buying for the for the Balassi deal? I guess because no smart person would have. Well, that's Balassi that's a pretty terrible way to do your business, then, isn't it? I mean, no one's saying it isn't. <laughs> classic Everton move. Also, he's like 28 and got a five-year deal. I think he's 27. He's, tur- got he's a five-year turning deal. 28 this season. Yeah. Ooh, can we have one of those things where you like, we argue about the age of him and he like round up and... No. Like and it turns 20. out everyone is we, totally we wrong. I mean, it's not like buying 28-year-old Gonzalo Higuain for 90 million euro, but... Uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. Balassi is... I mean, that's... Okay, so the Balassi deal is nuts. But then turning around and Palace spending all of that money in one go on Benteke. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, Benteke will work a lot better for Crystal Palace than he did for Liverpool. But that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's their, a that's their highest fee ever by a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's more than Eric Lamella costs. And what, is, what's, what kind oh, of wages yeah. is Benteke on? Liverpool pay ridiculous yeah. wages, so he's probably now their highest earner too, uh, and probably not there in time to play against Tottenham, right? I mean, even if he is, I'm not. Well, but it. if you if if well, Tottenham managed Tottenham managed to miss Balassi and Benteke, that's a pretty good swing for them. Although, yeah. they they turned missing paid off yet. They turned missing Lukaku and Stones and Besic and. Williams into almost not beating Everton. So what do we know? <laughs> what do we know indeed? Um, speaking of missing things, uh, Mason, Carroll, Bentaleb, Chadley kind of missing in action. Uh, do we see one, two, all leaving? Uh this transfer window, I know there was talk of Bantaleb going to Italy. Yeah, I think the the latest news today is that Lazio was Lazio. I'm sorry, excuse me, was uh, keeping an eye on him. But um, it's a view to selling him outright, not a loan to versus a loan. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, if you guys care, ITK basically has said that all those players are available, um, Mason included, and some of them, uh, no names were mentioned, but don't really want to move on. They, you know, want to stay at Tottenham. Um, of those players, Benchaleb's definitely gone. I don't know if you guys saw the, the Poch comments today, but I mean, it was pretty fucking crucial. Like he said that... Um, like we said, uh, he said that uh, NG was still in his plan, was still in the team and training. Bentaleb is not in his plans. Like, Bentaleb's the only player he called out outright. So I really don't know what Nabil Bentaleb did, but it must have been, like, crucial. Yeah, he probably just didn't want to go to left back. Once you're out, 
with Pochettino, you are out, out. and you are not coming back in. in, Well, then get rid of him. Why is he still there? I don't don't think anybody wants him. Well, who wants a shitty central midfielder? I'm sure there are plenty of teams that want him. Do they want him at the price that Tottenham are demanding? I think I saw 11 million bandied around. I mean, what's that? I mean, nowadays. We talked about it earlier. It's nothing. uh, At the end of the window, if there's a team desperate enough to pay that fee, he'll go. I think. I mean, I just can't imagine we let, like, an asset depreciate over another year of just training with the 21. Clearly, you don't remember. the David Bentley, Aurelio Gomez days, but yeah, yeah, fair from enough. From what what's, you know, we downplay a lot of the supposed like for fuck's sake leaving nonsense. But if there is a source of friction between Pochettino and the the back office, front office, whatever you want to call it, I have a feeling that when Pochettino wants a player out, when when a player is not in his inner circle anymore and he wants them gone, he really wants them gone and i don't know that levy has the same eagerness to get rid of players just to get rid of them so i wonder if that is a source of some tension where pacino says just fucking get rid of him already but you know for levy and and rightly so there's a there's a price that they set based on their evaluation of a player and if a team doesn't meet that price then they're not selling. So, Bentaleb isn't going to play. That That's pretty clear from Pochettino's comments. Whether he actually yeah. goes somewhere else, I think remains to be seen. But what for about 11 Tom million Carroll? pounds, I don't know. Who? Tom Carroll? We haven't really I'm seen not fam- much I'm not of familiar. Him Maybe Aaron knows. I'm, I'm not sure who that is. Do you, does that name work? Uh, I think I saw news today that Sunderland was uh, interested in him. Okay. And uh, I think that's about his level. Okay. The okay. story is that he's still under contract. Didn't he yeah. sign a new so contract last year? He has an no, extension that, a, that Tottenham yeah, apparently triggered. Uh, For, as reliable as that information <laughs> is, he's still around. I just think it was really telling that Carroll and Chadley weren't even on the bench in favor of Anima and Winks at the weekend. And it's fine with me. Yeah, I mean... Uh, well, the Chadley thing, I, I am, I really like uh, Nasser Chadley quite a bit, and last season wasn't great for him. He struggled with injury, but I mean, there's no denying he has scored some very important goals for Spurs, and if he is comfortable playing a backup role, we'd be hard pressed to find a better backup than Nasser Chadley, in my personal opinion. Um, seems like a good guy, gets along with the squad really well. I really, I have no issues with him. I, I think we've outgrown him. Does he do? I think he would what do Pochettino great. wants him to do. I mean, we played him whenever I mean, does, we could. He, you know, does basically. he does he fit the system that Pochettino plays? No, I no, mean, I don't think he, he really does. He doesn't. And look, goals are obviously incredibly valuable, but. If you can't do anything else that's required of you during the course of a game, at a certain point, you don't fit. And I think too I once Toby came on board, and the Jan Toby bromance <laughs> blossomed. 
Naser just he felt on the outside. Well, especially and, since he wasn't part of the Euro party. Yeah. Yeah. It's but rough going, tough times. He's going to be a player like Gilfie who's going to go to a slightly lower tier club and is going to be really good. And everybody's going to be like, why do we let him go in the first place? Right. And like, I totally 100, 150% agree with you, Reno. No, he doesn't fit us perfectly. He doesn't do everything we need him to do in that position. But... He's a proven Premier League goal scorer, and Kudu and NG are not. So we could do worse than Nasser Chadley for another year on our bench. Yeah, I've look. If you present the choice as Nasser Chadley or and Kudu, I mean, I go with Nasser Chadley. I just I don't, don't know. I don't, I don't know enough about this other guy. In their names. But I mean, <laughs> we we trust Pochettino at this point. Yeah, we definitely do. With our firstborn children, so well, some and some of us Chadley, actually have firstborn children. Chadley leaving so kind of opens space but. for Anima, so Anima is not my firstborn child. No, he is mine. Actually, I've been. I mean, I wish he that. was. I would. I mean, I don't. I could <laughs> be such a proud. I, such a proud. I couldn't Papa. explain it, but I would absolutely be proud of it. <laughs> oh, this podcast is gone downhill quickly <laughs> and it's never gonna um, get edited either. no ever um aaron uh you brought this little tidbit of itk to the forefront um pal gasol from espanol <laughs> is uh I, I don't get that reference i'm sorry <laughs> uh he's a keeper from espanol he's 21 yeah. years old all right we, we should Some probably middle. point out that his oh, name sorry, is not sorry, pal gasol pal lopez pal lopez <laughs> Uh, um, so I don't know a whole lot about this kid. Uh, he's 21 years old. He was the first choice Espanol goalkeeper last season. Uh, supposedly Pochettino worked with him when he was at Espanol. I don't know how, you know, you never know. All that stuff kind of gets blended together in the narrative. But um, he was the first choice, choice keeper. Um, a new manager came in this year, Kike Sanchez Flores, the beautiful Kike Sanchez Flores from Watford. Uh, is the new Espanol manager, and he brought in a new goalkeeper, basically told this kid who was first choice that he wasn't his first choice anymore, and that kind of rubbed him the wrong way, and he is looking for a way out. Supposedly, that makes us interested in him because him and Pochettino work together. I don't know if this is media narrative. I, You know, there's no telling if it's just the media saying, Espanol, Pochettino, let's make this... You know, let's make this a rumor. Uh, I don't know. Reno saw some stuff today that he wasn't very good. I saw some stuff today that the Espanol fans really like him and they want him to stay. So I don't know. It's another situation where it's like there's just no telling. I've not watched any of this kid. Couldn't find a single YouTube video with house music playing while he saved goals. I did get to see him step on Messi, which endeared him to me greatly. That's all I got. Hey. So nothing concrete is what you're telling me. Basically nothing concrete, but the rumor has, as they say, uh, gathered legs as the week has progressed. Uh, so they don't, they let's, don't say uh, <laughs> I think I think I think that's the saying. Gathered legs. Also could be steam. Also could be grown legs. 
It's grown steam. Bedding in? This week. Bedding in? Is that a thing? So, Uh, just really quickly, David Cartilage, uh, who is a journalist in Spain, uh, was on Twitter. This was yesterday? Um, You know, I'm just... I gotta interrupt you real quick. Yeah. You know what would be ironic is if David Cartilage got arthritis. You are a horrible person. Or if he got his cartilage removed and he was cartilage free. Uh, (laughs) There you go. He um, had some comments on Twitter about our friend Pow that were not uh, (laughs) not glowing. Uh, I'll just quote him quickly. Simple one this, comma, avoid. Really don't rate him at all. I don't get the interest. Show nothing to suggest he's special. So there's that. Take that. Take that with a grain of salt, I guess. It's a little tidbit. So who is this? Who is this nerd? Like, <laughs> whoa, is he well whoa. respected or? Uh, he's. I think his Twitter handle says that he works for B in Sports now. Um, I've heard him on various podcasts. He's a uh, an English language person who's who's covers Spanish who covers football. Spanish football. He's in Spain. Um, so prize probably seen more of this kid than we have, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, like I said, I, I don't know anything about him, uh, but pretty, um, pretty down well, on him. So that's, I saw a some info from, uh, an Espanol forum saying that, I mean, they were, they were, the fans are actually really upset that he's leaving. Cause you know, he's a homegrown kid and they don't really want him to leave. So, I mean, I don't know, but we're kind of homers about some of our players too. So it's yeah. really hard to, parse that I mean, Harry Winks, we should yeah. talk about how strange the situation is though a little bit more maybe the, like, uh, it's the, like yeah our good, goalkeeping gonna, situation is kind of they're gonna bring this kid in but in he goes out for a, a month so Vorm is the starter so he'd be the backup to Vorm and then the third string keeper he's certainly not I mean he's not gonna replace Vorm as the starter that would be that would be insane Reno, earlier you had mentioned maybe bringing on Joe Hart. Are you I mean, sticking with that? Yeah, why not? Right? It's not. It ain't my money. That's true. That's I true. mean, Joe, 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 Joe Hart as a backup would be hilarious. I think. I mean, I think if we're gonna get anybody, we might as well go for a better check. Like, let's just bring him in. He can do the the trifecta of big London clubs. Bring him in, but make sure he's not driving himself, because. <laughs> He might get into some sort of accident. Classy. We're a classy pod. Um, Such a classy pod. So let's preview this uh, Crystal Pardew match upcoming. Uh, is it on Saturday? Sunday? Yes. Saturday. It's on Saturday. Saturday. Uh, with Benteke, I guess. I'm kind of worried about it. Benteke always finds a way to... Kind of well, his me- no his medical is scheduled it. for tomorrow, which is Friday. So I don't know that he's really if he's going to be able to I play. Don't know that he'll be ready to make the. So he might be playing subject to a medical. Yeah. So they don't have a they don't have a striker, right? No, because they sold Dwight Gale and to Newcastle. But they have Scott Dan. They released so they have Scott Dan, who's a center back. Okay. Uh, well, they released. <laughs> they the released Shama. They released Adebayor. Yeah, Merwin Shama. What's their center son. forward's name that started like every game and he was supposed to be like Harry Kane, but he's terrible. Dwight Gale. No, 
we're uh, we're not we're so prepared. We're for not this. prepared for Crystal Palace at all. Hold on. I mean, no, who our, gives a shit about our Crystal podcast Springs, is not Crystal Pepsi, Crystal Palace. There we go. Crystal Connor Pepsi. Wickham is the word I'm looking for, Connor guys. Wickham. Connor Wickham. And they also have uh, Zaha. I think they might still have Zaha. Who? Do they still have Zaha? Yeah, but he's not going to play up front. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. But their strength, as has always been their strength, is out on the wings. Now, yeah, that's where they're going to hurt us. Well, they're not, but that's where they're going to try to hurt us. They're going to try to hurt us. Andrew Tal- Andros Townsend is just a ringer for scoring a goal. Like, oh, that's nailed on. That's happening. That's going to happen. That's happening. Yeah. Beware people in Rosie. So let's... I don't really... You know, I don't... Uh, I have not paid it. They apparently have been in a really bad slump for about a season half a season now um you know at the beginning of the season they were talking about champions league football and then now they're talking about avoiding relegation basically so um classic pardue can't turn around a, a sinking ship um which i mean if your ship's sinking <laughs> i don't know that you want to turn it around it seems like it would sink faster um anyway <laughs> The thing is... Some uh, nautical <laughs> lessons from Aaron right there. <laughs> In the landlocked city up. of I, just, I literally <laughs> just made myself laugh. Um, no, but the, the thing is, uh, it's been proven, you know, this is kind of the normal Alan Pardue... Um, Under-promise, over-deliver type thing? No, well, I mean, he everything's great when he comes on. You know, he... Is, gets all the players up for it and then as soon as they hit a bad patch he doesn't know how to turn it around and we've seen it at Crystal uh, we've, you know we're seeing it at Crystal Palace now we've seen it at Newcastle apparently it happened before that I think it's just it's just the way his managerial cycle is and that's fine but um, I think we're going to dick him 6-1 Andrews Townsend scores the first goal for them and then we're going to get a Jansen hat trick <laughs> and a lamella hat trick oh wow danger reno what do you think uh i know you're probably not as optimistic as aaron but what no, do you think no one here? which has never been said on this podcast no one ever. is as optimistic as aaron um that's true i don't know who plays in midfield for crystal palace at this point um their website still lists yannick <laughs> Balassi on their team so it clearly so their wingers, hasn't been their wingers are Andros Townsend and uh, Wilfred Zaha. So I, I guess yeah. those two would be uh, playing. Z- Zeki Fryer's plays for them. Um, oh. I wonder if he's if he actually plays for them. They still have Yednak, who's who just left and signed no. uh, with Vi- with Aston, Aston Villa. Villa. So I don't I don't know. Basically, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna overpower their midfield. I don't they don't have a midfield at this point. We've uh, definitely overpowered their social media game. Definitely overpowered their social media. Um, I think I think Tottenham can win this game. I think they're going to win this game fairly easily. Andros Towns is going to score a goal because, of course, I mean, if whatever, we yeah, can't have of we can't have nice things. But uh, I'm not afraid of Alan Pardew. Yeah, I think that uh, I think anything but a win would would be. Uh, 
a, a real failure for us to capitalize on anything because, you know, the, the Liverpool match is going to be a lot tougher. Um, we really have no excuse to lose to a team like this, like straight up. But they are the type of team who are set up to hurt us. I mean, they have pace on the wings, pace on the counter. They're the kind of team that can hurt us, but we should have enough in our squad to destroy them and their families. Yeah. No, they have well, no, str- they have no the strikers. So, yeah, we're, we're going after their families. Uh, Aaron, you wanted to talk a little bit about Liverpool Arsenal. I don't. I really don't. I mean, <laughs> I've already got the, the lawsuit and everything from the last time I talked about That's it. Fair. And I just I can't do it again. Um, we'll talk more about Liverpool, I guess, next week, maybe, if we pod. And uh, I'll get really drunk on vodka, and I'll just, uh, you know, go off again. And Aaron really, really wants a piggyback ride from Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> it's eating uh, him up inside. I just, like, like, I don't know. You know, actually, as much as I dislike Liverpool, I think that eggy physical fitness guy on Twitter hates Jurgen Klopp more than I ever could. <laughs> Yikes. Let's uh, field some questions from the internet. <laughs> this is going to go really If we have well. any. Do we have any? Uh, I'm sure this one comes from Benoit Smartcar. Which Spurs players equate to their Mets counterparts? Reno, maybe you should handle this one. Oh, we're not doing, we're not doing a Mets podcast, are we? No, we're doing a Spurs podcast with little Mets on the side. Well... Sub- subject to a <laughs> on the bright side uh, most of the that Tottenham players are not injured so they've got that on their Mets That's counterparts uh, for, our, for our what do we have like a British listener maybe these are these are baseball jokes they uh, are they are um, who's who's injured for Tottenham uh, Hugo. Hugo Hugo so Hugo is clearly a Mets player um, I would liken him to Curtis Granderson. Just because of the name? And the being left-handed. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, um, Hugo's, Hugo's not black. So, I mean, that's, you know. But, uh, no, this is a stupid question. This is okay. stupid. I'm not playing um, this game. Also, like, Reno, have, this are... I couldn't name. I couldn't name a Mets player. Well, like, you certainly I, couldn't this... name a Mets player now. They're, they're all injured. Um, Reno, this one's also for you. It's from Skipjack. It says, why won't you stop talking about the Mets? <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> it's okay. The, season, the season's almost over. It's true. Um, this one comes from, uh, I think it's Yo So Shane. Uh, and his question is, is there a better combo than Dyer Wanyama? We kind of went over this, but Aaron, uh, do you think there's a better combo right now? Yes. I do believe the Winks-Wanyama midfield, as I like to call it the Winks midfield, is far superior to the Diorama midfield. God damn it. Um, here's a question from at Crimson Tribe. Are you gonna edit this time? <laughs> I do. I do intend to. Uh, I appreciate everybody's patience with that last week. 
Um, we were trying something new, and I got some valid uh, criticism back for it that was very well uh, written, and uh, I do intend to edit somewhat this time. Really? Uh, Reno, this one's for you. I think I know the answer to this one. Uh, what's your favorite snack from Ken DeSales? Peanut M&M's. Come on. Ah, everybody knows that. It's, it's, it's the essence of my internet persona and as fat as i am people probably imagine that i'm a whole lot fatter and uh aaron uh this one's from at jabe two uh he asks can i be a guest one day yeah he can definitely be a guest um so what we're gonna have to do though is get uh fbi clearance and get a background check run on him um yeah, so guess. so no and no actually, he's he's not actually not since gonna be we're to be a guest. Uh, since we're technically an international podcast uh we might have to get like some further background research done interpol something like that yeah there you go uh might have to get we might have, we to, might get have to get the mounties involved in oh well well i'm sorry I'm sorry for all this everybody i'm gonna edit all of these questions out uh, to answer crimson tribes question <laughs> Yikes! Maybe just edit that last one out. Um, <laughs> so that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in, uh, Aaron. Have any parting words for the people out there? Now, just come on, you Spurs. Let's do this. You heard it here first, folks. Let's do this. Reno, how about yourself? Uh, we're gonna win this weekend. So everyone will be happy. Wow. This just turned out to a great podcast. Uh, Well, thanks for tuning in, all three of you. Uh, You can reach us on the internet at www.subject2amedical.com or on the Twitter box at at subject2amed, the number two. Um, Yeah. So... Hopefully we haven't offended everybody. But if we have, I'm sincerely sorry. I'm going to get Tim Hortons for all of our listeners. And if we haven't offended you, then tune in in a couple of weeks and we'll try to offend you then.